Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Forget the small talk. We're jumping straight into part two to talk about clients who are wanting to change some aspect of your delivery. And usually this comes up during the sales process, but occasionally will come up as soon as they've booked. You want to talk about how do you navigate depending on when and where they're wanting to customize and how do you handle it at each stage? Well, and not just delivery, but I want to talk about when clients are like, feeling like they can negotiate price, negotiate deliverables and scope, negotiate timeline, or the experience of what's quote unquote required for them to do in order to see the result. Right. So let's start first with someone who has not yet signed a contract. Someone who is potentially providing you some sort of objection about moving forward and is suggesting that you look at your set of deliverables. Now, at this stage, I think it's really critical that you consider how much are you personally willing to customize what you've already put together? Is this a consistent offer and you are changing the offer for this particular client would change the efficiency of you delivering the offer? Or the results that they get. Or the results that they get. Would this potentially change the timeline or delivery of your offer? Would it specifically affect the amount of effort required on your part or resources internally? There's a lot of factors at play here, but it's really ultimately up to you if you want to bend to the person or not. And we are personally offering a high touch experience. And most of our offers are at a bit more of a premium price point. And so because of that, we are working with a small number of clients at a single time. And so it is a lot easier for our team 
to make nuanced changes to the client's delivery as long as they're heavily noted and we can take it into account from the very beginning. Now, the key thing here is when someone's trying to negotiate delivery before they've signed their contract, it is up to you to actively (laughs) capture this in the revised contract and be sure that if there's a change to the cost that you have adequately explained how scope change changed price. Yep. Yep. This is a, I sent you a revised contract. Please look at this part. It's a, let's hop on a quick 10 to 15 minutes so I can walk you through what's actually changing and what does that mean? It's saying, sure, I can do that. Let me let you know how much extra that's going to be. Like, this isn't just like, oh, they get to customize it and it gets to fit into the exact container that you already have, if that doesn't make sense. I would say nine times out of 10, them wanting to change scope should change your price. Absolutely. Yep. Because part of the reason why it's that price is because you already know how to do that thing in in that order. Right. So even if it's just an inconvenience to you, that doesn't mean it shouldn't cost them. Right, right. I like to make sure we're capturing it. And I've absolutely had a scope conversation meeting where I was like, let's jump on a quick call to discuss scope changes and I can send you a revised contract following our meeting. I've set up a meeting exactly like that. Now, it's up to your comfort level. Many times when you're having a meeting like that, they want to discuss scope and then they want to immediately hear your revised price point. If you're able, great, but do not feel pressured in that moment to provide a price point. You can say, I heard everything you're saying. Let's review exactly what I heard you say. These are the changes to scope we discussed. Great. Give me insert amount of time. I need four hours. I need until tomorrow morning. I need whatever. And I will send you a revised price point based on our conversation. Do not hesitate to tell them how much time you need to figure it out. Yep. Now let's talk about someone who is pushing back before they even sign the contract of the process that you've outlined for this person to need to go through in order to get the result that they want. This could look like a variety of things that are in your scope, right? Maybe there's strategy calls before they get any sort of like deliverable. Maybe there's only a certain amount of revisions. Maybe there's assessments or forms that they have to fill out in order for you to do your job, whatever. There could be anything that a client's looking at that thing and doesn't want to do it. Now, here's the skill that I want you to perfect. And I know we've talked about this book all the time on this show, but I think it teaches you a lot here. If and when we get pushback from a potential client who's like, I don't want to do these things to get this result is kind of basically what they're saying in whatever sense that your scope is outlined. The question behind the question here or the objection behind the objection is they don't understand how X task can produce Y results. And they think based on their inaccurate knowledge about how to achieve that result, 
they think they need to do this thing over here, but you are the expert and you know that just doing this thing over here isn't enough to provide them the result that they actually want. And you have proof of that by your own experience, by other case studies and testimonials from other clients. And what I want us to do is when we get that feedback, that pushback is like, take a deep breath and remind ourselves that we are the expert and we didn't just make up this process just for shits and giggles. There's an actual purpose behind every stage. And it's okay if we need to spend a little bit of time educating potential clients more than other potential clients, but there still can be a way to do that in a way that's firm and clear. Yeah, I think process is one of those incredible places for you to set boundaries early and often. And so it's going to depend on ultimately what you're delivering. But often I think this is for anyone that you're feeling the, ooh, ooh, they could be trouble or ooh, they could be a little more of a handful or ooh, I'm worried about them doing this in the way we talked about or like, it's usually a gut feeling. (laughs) And you you know what my response to that is every time? What? Raise the price. Well, (laughs) truly, (laughs) truly, if you have yet to get to a signed contract, Mm -hmm. this is an opportunity for you to be like, well, your price just went up. (laughs) And ideally, you actually suss it out enough in the discovery call Mm -hmm. that you haven't given them a price. And this is where I think some of that consultant kind of mindset stuff comes up. I was just having a conversation with a client of ours and she was talking about how do you price consultant services? And I was like, part of it depends on how much trouble you think the person's going to be on the back end. But you can either, you ultimately, especially when you're consulting, even if we're only talking about consulting as part of the process, maybe you have deliverables, great. But regardless, when we're talking about the consultant part, you can only talk about time deliverables, or your communication guidelines. If you don't have one of those things, it's really hard to set scope. But often the consultant kind of behavior requires you to say, we're going to have X number of calls. And this is what the communication is going to look like. And you saying, is this on Slack? Is this on email? What is your turnaround time for answering questions? Like, how does it work? Your process stuff is actually part of your boundary setting, which is actually part of your price. And if you're giving someone more access to you, more access to your team, then their price needs to go up. And so, you know, we've had things that have very streamlined delivery that are still coaching that maybe only start at one or $2,000 a month. But then if you're like, you could ask me any question anytime and all the, th- like that comes at a price, my friend. Yeah. yeah. Well, and what I remind myself, especially when we create processes, and I'm thinking of a couple clients in particular who they offer one thing and one thing only. Yeah. And the result to get to that thing they have used their decades of experience yes. to identify what are and the they have a very set process. Yes, yes. And part of it is education, but part of it is like, and I say this in like, you know, you have to craft this conversation in the appropriate way. But okay, so I look at it like this. And I just had this conversation with the same exact client who she was like, 
in the sales process. So the person hasn't even had the discovery call or the consult call. And they're saying objections that about the process or about what's needed, or I only need this part of the process. So why can't we just do that or whatever? And again, it all comes back to education or re-education and outlining why it is that you've set up the structure that you have. But how I go about doing that when we're still in the selling process is I ask questions with questions, right? So you say that you, because typically what happens is a prospect knows the goal that they have in mind, and then they've painted the picture of what they think they need to do to get there, but they are not the expert, you are. So it's our job to cut that expectation away from their tying it to their result and pose questions to say, okay, well, if we went the way that you are suggesting, how would this work? How would this work? What would this feel like? How many of these would you need? And the examples are kind of hard for me to give based off all industries, but like, okay, you want to sell it at that price if we're just talking about that. How many leads would you need in order to sell at that price point? Does that feel doable to you? What type of marketing do you have ideas on how to attract that many leads in order to sell at that price point? Does that seem doable for you? And I'm just posing questions with questions and kind of digging deeper to get them kind of coming full circle about why they even approached me in the first place is because they didn't want to actually do that kind of work. And so if you're telling me you don't want to do that work, then you've got to do this work to do something different. And that's why I'm the expert in this. And that's why I walk you through X, Y, Z. Yeah. And I think for that specific thing, the resistance comes from a lack of understanding how you get to your result. But if you can start with what they think they need to be doing and what their plan is and poke the holes Mm -hmm. so that this thing Mm -hmm. is a runny, 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 runny bucket. And then you all of a sudden re-describe what I'm sure you've already told them three times, then they're going to suddenly have a bit of clarity over oh, I see why this would be faster. Oh, or I see why this would be more efficient. Oh, I see why this is more strategic or would take less time or would be less expensive or insert any other reason why your process is ultimately better. I think it's a great opportunity to like get over those objections. I also think when this comes up, it's an opportunity for you to share that their preconceived notions of what's required can be dispelled by the results of your previous clients. Yes. So you can talk at this point about what are the things you've accomplished with your previous clients and what results did they get by going through the process that they're objecting to. And especially if you can attach some sort of ROI or some sort of timeline associated with that, it really helps them ease any sort of concern they have. Now, there are occasions, and this will happen both on the before the contract and after they've ultimately signed, and sometimes it doesn't matter how hard you've tried, they will still come back. And I want to remind you that when people, again, bring up heavily suggested changes to your delivery There's usually a reason behind it that we need to uncover. And instead of assuming they're assholes, which is usually our default by this point, because we're frustrated. They're trying to take advantage of me and they want to be flaky. They suck and they blah, blah, blah. This is where we start talking about our clients behind their back. Please don't do that. (laughs) Let's start to understand why they're bringing it up and why they're bringing it up now. 
And sometimes this is truly a, you need to open your eyes to not everybody has the same learning style, ability, access, all of these things. So some of the ways we've set up processes may make complete sense for an able-bodied person that's not neurodivergent, that has like all the time on their hands to do XYZ process. And sometimes you'll give that to someone who is a bit neurodivergent or who is ADHD or who is an auditory processor, but written language is really hard for them or whatever. And we assume as the provider that they're being a pain in the ass when really they don't know how to articulate that them doing it this way is putting them at a disadvantage and they need help. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. 
Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, and I even have to remind myself of this sometimes because, we, you know, we all have like our star clients, right? Like who just like we love to work with and whatever. And we have a bunch of those. And one of them was asking another teammate of ours about something, a change in the process. And at first glance, like literally when the team heard it, there was a collective groan of like, thought we've already settled on the process. And why are we changing this? And why does this need to happen? And kind of just being like curious about it. And so again, I took it to the client was like, let's just voice memo this out. It's going to be a lot faster. So we ended up hopping on the phone and it literally wasn't that at all. It was like, oh no, the client was asking our expert opinion about a piece of the process. And whatever we suggested, she was fully confident in going forward with because we are the experts in that process creation. It was just a question. It was just open for discussion. And I, as soon as I got to handle it, I was like, oh, like this is literally fine. Nothing's changing. (laughs) It's really easy, especially you have to remind yourself that you're a whole human too. And so if you have any sort of outside stress, we, we all do. There's the little things that are going to set you off in the same way that your kid asking for dinner at dinner time may piss you off some days. What my kid does is while I'm cooking dinner, ask for snacks. And then I say no. And it's like, well, can I have that snack with my dinner? Well, if I'm still hungry, then can I have this, this and that? I'm like, how about we just focus on eating first? So you know what I mean? They're really not in the wrong for because they can use their mouth. Why are we hypothesizing that you're going to be hungry after dinner? Just eat dinner. Exactly. <laughs> the same can be true for our clients and we can, mm-hmm. we can get really irritable and we can get annoyed and we can get frustrated. And instead, if we can channel all of that to getting curious, yes, sometimes Nothing needs to change. Nothing. And it just is just a communication thing that you need to work out. Sometimes it is an accessibility thing and you need to get your little booty okay with that and figure out a process that's going to work with them and you. Sometimes that means you're going to upcharge for it. And other times you're going to eat that cost because it's an accessibility thing and you're going to learn for next time. And maybe you'll make accessibility changes in the future and price accordingly on the back end. But like, we can't get mad when this shit pops up. We have to get curious. One of the things I really want to figure out, this just has me brainstorming. You know, there's a big in Boss Project debate, internal debate of do we have every client on a Slack channel or is it only clients that have beefier projects or longer term projects or whatever? And one of our hesitations about doing that for every client is because we're so used to the one-to-many model of coaching and strategy and let me pick your brain that if that's not part of the scope, I don't want to create a channel for you to break scope. Like I don't want to create a space for you to break the boundaries. And Our team, a lot of us are verbal processors and need to verbal process with a client or with a team member and the client about that project. And one of the best ways to do that is like by immediate 
feedback and interaction in something like Slack or leaving a voice memo in Voxer or Slack and having everyone be able to have eyeballs on that project. And so we've constantly been weighing against and weighing for the internal benefit to our team of having that versus the internal use of it from clients, which is going to be better or worse. And every day I change my mind. (laughs) Yeah. When we have some sort of consistent answer for that, I'll let you know. But for now, I think- What that could mean, sorry, what that could mean is if we decide to go ahead and do that, then every package like gets a price increase. Because I have to expect that you're going to quote unquote take advantage of that channel because that's also kind of who we are as people like me and Abby, right? Well, yeah, and that's that's gonna happen. That's part of delivery. That's part of like understanding that there's gonna be nuanced changes on the back end. And the other thing is when people start asking you about process or delivery or how you're doing the thing, I don't care if you've done the thing. Once, five times, a hundred times, whatever, the world is evolving and people's expectations will also evolve. Technology changes. Things will shift. If Emily and I ran our business the way we ran it seven years ago, (laughs) like we would still be having only in-person meetings. We would have all paper contracts. We would, we would be collecting physical checks. We'd be waiting for checks to come via the U.S. Postal Service, we would be sending only emails. We would be making a lot of phone calls. Like, what? And so, obviously, maybe not obviously if you're not an active client, but our process looks nothing like that. Everything's digital. We're having a lot more open communication, more streamlined communication, more ways to get in contact with us. You can pay your invoice online, thank God. (laughs) And, And things tend to move a lot swifter. But like, I think if we continue to look at when clients or potential clients bring these things up as moments for curiosity, they're also moments where we could potentially improve the process if we're open to it. We can potentially evolve the process with technology changes. And I think more often than not, a client bringing up an objection is an opportunity for improvement somewhere. And we need to stop constantly like jumping to 10 steps ahead of how evil these people are when generally you really liked the person to begin with when you set up the initial scope of the project anyway. So all of that being said, I feel like like it was like 20 minutes of a lecture. And now here's how you actually respond to clients who are pushing back on the process. And I use a very recent example from our own client, but I'm sure all of us have our own version of this where we have our process again, because we are the expert, we have clients in years of history that have been able to help us refine this process and only add the necessary steps. If you feel like your offer has steps that are there for fluff to make it seem more valuable, I want to talk to you about refining that offer. I only want deliverables in scope that actually achieve the results and that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. So if you need help figuring out what that is, we need to chat. But what can happen sometimes is there's a client who's giving pushback and they haven't signed yet. So they're not a client, they're a prospect still. They haven't signed yet, but they've gone through your sales process. They've been pitched. They see the proposal. They see your package. 
They see the steps and how long it's going to take. And they're getting their first steps. And actually, this particular client of our client had already paid. They were already, they were asking for a refund because they were like, mm, basically, you're having me do XYZ homework. And I don't want to do that on my own. I want to do it with you in a call. And I want you to like write down what I'm saying instead of me filling out this form. And I feel like with the price I paid, I should be able to ask for that. And so if we can't do that, then I want out. What would you do then? Well, after like middle fingering the email (laughs) on your own. You're allowed to be mad for a second. You're allowed to kind of walk away and process. But with this particular person, I specifically suggested that we get curious a bit about, is this an accessibility thing that this person potentially doesn't feel really comfortable writing out their answers and perhaps is a more auditory processor and could verbalize what they're thinking a lot better, a lot faster than if they were required to write it down. And so in this particular instance, I think it's important that you get curious with this person. And I think you can still set up why your process is the way it is. Here's why we do it this way. Here's the things that it's going to help us accomplish and essentially more efficiently because you having someone fill out a form always right. saves time in a call right. always because you have background information. Yep. But, but notice I, that that client wasn't against having the form filled out. They just said, I don't want to fill out the form. I'd rather hop on a call and have you dictate. Well, and for that, I specifically mentioned to our client that there is opportunities for you to still accommodate this And if you don't want to change the price point or adjust that, you can remove deliverables that he's unaware of and utilize that call to do those things. And it's simply going to take away from other parts of the process. And that's an okay solution. Absolutely. But sometimes this might be a, oh, I do have some people that are going to process differently. Let me pay attention to that. Let me just get curious with this particular client. Maybe some people can tell these stories better if they can talk it out and I can ask poking, prodding questions. Maybe I actually can improve the efficiency of my process. Yes, it's another call, but do I get the responses in half the time and I can finish the client project faster? Yep. And I think you could ask yourself, do I need to be the person who's on that particular call? Exactly. Maybe you train another member of your staff to take this particular call and do nuance changes for this client. But this is an option where, especially when you've had a very established process for a long period of time, that you reinvestigate and you give yourself some opportunity to just see. Now, could this person just be a pain in the ass and you really shouldn't have booked them? Yeah, it is still an option. We're not saying that's not true. That could still very well be true. And they could be frustrated at every step and come up with other objections down the line. And you just don't know until you're in it. But you get to decide what your breaking point is and when you will not move forward. And this is where your contract really protects you. Because if, for instance, 
your contract stated that they wouldn't get their deposit back if they decided to not do the thing, then that's what your contract states. Does that mean this person will still be a pain in the ass in your inbox? Potentially. Would you potentially still have to refund them? Maybe. But like, let's quit assuming 75 steps down the road and look at what did they actually say? Question behind the question. (laughs) And how do I want to respond to that? And usually if we give ourselves some space and time, you guys aren't as bad at responding to these things as you think you are. You're just frustrated in the moment. And so you get frazzled. And so Give yourself a moment to be frazzled, walk away from it, don't respond immediately, and you'll be surprised what comes out on the other side. Now, that being said, when we're specifically talking about forms versus calls, I do want to say that like some people will be much better at filling out a form than others, and you will have to always fill the gaps with the opposite. And so to assume that this problem is just going to magically go away is just a bit naive. There's absolutely going to be people you send a form and you get beautiful, thought out responses. And you're like, oh, my whole process can be so streamlined. And then you're going to get one word answers from someone. Yeah. And then you're going to send the same form. And even if they don't object to this process, Uh you're like... Huh? Did you even think about what I asked you <laughs> at all? Yeah. And yeah. so you're still going to have to have some sort of follow-up conversation mm-hmm. to land where you need to land. So like, was the call going to happen anyway? Right. And that he just didn't do the one step. So like, what if we just considered that he gave the one word answers and you were just dealing with it on the, yeah. the next step anyway? Yeah. Okay. Then all of a sudden we get less frustrated. But I will say, when specifically when it comes to storytelling and copywriting and things, there is naturally going to be people that are not as good at it. And so I like to look at this as an opportunity for process improvement. As someone who's designed websites for a decade now, I've seen a lot of web designers attempt to require their client write the copy And that's just a really bad idea when instead, even if it's not you, someone interviewing this person on sort of a journalistic style interview can provide so much better copy on the back end. So regardless of why you need the copy or where it's going or how it informs your process, I would not hesitate to have a form that they may or may not totally fill out combined with some kind of interview, just because people aren't the best at this. And they'll remember something and hearing them kind of talk about it. You know, we can work with clients on the exact same project. And one person gives me such beautiful work that I can copy and paste and reform into a sentence. And I'm like, wow, that job was really easy. And then there are some where I'm like, what? say more words. Like this was not helpful at all. And even in the interview, sometimes there, it's just like yes and no answers. And so I have to do just a little bit of digging of like, tell me a story about this. And or I will go round and round and round yeah. with things. And you're like, huh? Like, how did we land there? What like, are we even talking about right people now? People <laughs> are so strange. And yeah. so all of this to say, if someone is resistant to your process, I want you first and foremost to get curious. Second of all, I want you to decide, is this 
some sort of scope adjustment and we need to talk about pricing changes? Or is this an opportunity for process improvement and you're going to just deal with what the causation of that is internally? Or is this actually an accessibility issue and you need to be thinking about how different people show up in different ways? I think regardless of the outcome of those three things, you're going to have so much to learn from this and it's going to inform every other time you approach this project again. And so if we can make sure, if nothing else, if you do nothing else, even if you just get pissed and you like trudge your way through it, on the back end, do a debrief. Let this be an opportunity, regardless of if it went smashingly well and every step went exactly the way you stumbled on. <laughs> right. But have a debrief, even if it's just with yourself. What would you change about the process in the future? What would you change about your questionnaires that you sent? What would you change about your interview parts that you did? What would you change about delivery? How would you show up differently? How would you communicate differently? If you can capture that as soon as possible, I want this to inform the very next time you book it. Not five people from now, not three months from now, the very next time you book it. Because every time we make process improvements, even if it only helps us, we will benefit long term. If it helps you, it still helps the client. If you want help figuring out what this process could look like on your end for your clients and your prospects, we would love to chat with you about building this or strategizing different communication tactics there and inputting different processes and workflows. You can head to bossproject.com slash waitlist and book a call with Abby and you guys can chat about what makes sense for you to explore next. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.